Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. I hope I live up to all of that, seriously. I feel very embarrassed sitting on the side there. Um, I know my daughters would have been laughing their head off sitting down here in the front row. But uh, you doing well? You look fantastic. Really, really good. Hey, could you just stay standing? We're going to pray for your pastors. Is there a way having a well-deserved break? And Tony and Kath are good friends of mine. And uh, I know you've been through some stuff this year and certainly they have led you extremely well through all that's happened. And uh, they're excellent leaders. Excellent leaders, not just in this church, but to our city. And I think it'd be really, really fitting for us just to stand in the gap for just a moment and bring them before the Lord, hey? And, and to thank God for what they've invested into us. A lot of you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the investment they've made. A lot of you wouldn't know who Jesus is if it wasn't for the sacrifice they've made uh, in this place. So I think it'd be really fitting if we just pray for them. Father, we just thank you for great pastors. Lord, thank you that you've given them leadership to lead this church and you've authorised them, Lord, in this city. And we just pray for them and their family. Lord, we just pray that you give them rest. Lord, that you encourage them. Lord, that they get an insight to what you would have for the next in this church, that they'd come back refreshed, full of vision. Lord, that they would prod us. They'd take us on. They'd let us see things and take us places we wouldn't imagine. So God, we just pray that there'd be a download from heaven into their spirit, Lord, for this next season. Lord, may they, Lord, have the ability, ability to see things differently as they're just removed from the day to day. And so God, we just pray for them, protect them. Lord, protect them, encourage them, build them, Lord, so that this church can facilitate all that it is required to do according to heaven. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? High five someone as you sit down and let's have a good time, eh? You know, I think it's always good to honour people. And uh, I didn't know this, that these people were going to be here this morning, but... Pastor Ben and Jenny Callender are over here and they've been friends of mine for a long time. They've sown into this city and for many years, probably longer than I've been alive really, um, maybe not. But uh, I just want to honour you and thank you for the heritage that you have built into this city to see your daughter up here leading worship, which is a blessing to this church because you were pre- prepared to give. I just want to honour you and say thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, as Ashley said, today is really uh, the continuation of one sermon. Tonight, can I encourage you, if you don't normally come out tonight, come out tonight. Um, You'll see why in a moment, uh, because the back end of this service, the back end of this preach is an activation of what I'm going to preach about. And uh, I just believe there's going to be some breakthrough for people this evening and uh, in the whole area of coming before God, in the area of praise, in the area of activating praise and understanding what praise is in your life. Because, you know, praise is not just the happy, clappy songs that we just had. You know, we say, well, that's the praise and then the worship and the fast songs of the praise and the slow songs of the worship. That's not it at all. Praise, praise is a lifestyle that, that is a language. It's a language that the people of God had. In fact, praise means, you know, the word Judah, 
Judah means praise. And if you go have a look in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 20 of Nehemiah, um, Nehemiah come, comes back after rebuilding the walls to check out what's happening. And um, the people of Judah had intermarried and the men of Judah never passed on the language of praise. He got so angry with them, he started plucking their beards out and belting them up, the Bible said. He actually hit them. So I'm not going to hit you tonight, okay? I'm not going to pluck your beard out. But I want to encourage you that praise is so important because it breaks things open in our life. Praise is actually faith in action. It's not something that you feel to do. It's something that you need to do, not based on feelings, but based on truth. And so tonight I want to encourage you when you see what I'm going to speak on, that the end of this whole sermon needs to be activated in praise because with praise, when we release faith, into the atmosphere, there is something that happens in the heavens that we do not, not understand. We don't see it, but we see the, the breakthrough of it. We see the results of us, of us actually praising. For some of you, you haven't praised like you're going to praise tonight before because we don't actually understand praise. I'm starting to preach on it already, but we don't understand it because we've just got this word praise in the English language, but in the Hebrew language, there's a whole lot of other words for praise. I'll give you one. The word is halal. Everyone say halal. That's where we get the word hallelujah from. And you can't say hallelujah with a sad voice. Try and say hallelujah sad. Go on. Hallelujah. It doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't make How do you need to say hallelujah? One, two, three. The reason you have to say like that because halal means literally to be foolish for God. It means to... Be outside of yourself where you're not identifying with you, but you're identifying with God and everything God is. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be halaled. Not praise. We have the word praise, but the word is halaled. From the rising of the sun. So the time you go up in the morning to the time you go down at night, the Lord's name is to be halaled. It's to be celebrated in such a way that people would call us foolish. The only people that are foolish that I see that give you an, a little understanding of what this is like is the raven lunatics that are at the football that are going for their port even when they're losing. <laughs> they don't care about what people think, right? They're there on the... See, you don't, do you? I get you. You don't care about what people think. You're just identifying with your team and you want to see them win at whatever cost. You're not worried about yourself. You're worried about them, right? And being halal, having halal praise is you're identifying with God. It's all about Him. It's everything He's done. It's who He is. And you can't help but be foolish. And it doesn't matter because it's not about you. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Is that all right? How you can talk back, it's all right. So... Here we go. My sermon title to this morning, I felt like I was to say tonight because I feel like it's tonight because I got up so early. I live in Darlington. In fact, I got up when it was dark to get here this morning. Do you, do you want to know why? I'll give you the evidence of me getting up in the dark. You ready? <laughs> Polka dots and checks just don't go together, but I couldn't see them. So I'm glad I got long, long black pants to actually cover them. <laughs> Side swiped or set up is my sermon title. Side swiped or set up. I did that in the eight o'clock and someone eight thirty service and someone said it was funky. So hey, there you go. Uh, Side swiped or set up. 
Have you ever been driving in your car and all of a sudden something happens? A, a, a driver decides that they want your space of the road as well as their space of the road. Right? You're just driving along minding your own business. You either get hit up the back or they sideswipe you in the side and your heart goes from 90 beats a minute to 180 beats a minute in a second. You've got no idea what's happening because this person has blindsided you. It's called blindsided because you're blind to the fact that it's happened and they've come and taken you out. Maybe that's never happened to you, but I bet a lot of you have done it. <laughs> my, wife's, my wife's here this morning. She's pointing the finger, yeah. <laughs> Oh, she did it. There you go. You know, life's like that. You can be driving along your lane in your part of life, enjoying the presence of God, enjoying family, enjoying life, enjoying work, doing, just doing what you do and, and, and loving life. And all of a sudden something happens. You come home at night and it's not the same as when you left in the morning. Things just happen and life deals up things that you weren't expecting and it sideswipes you. Sideswipes you. No doubt each one of us have gone through something like that and, and this church has been through some sideswiping this year. But I believe the sideswipes that come are opportunities for God to set something up. That when the enemy meant for evil, God can turn around for good. I was here at the 10 o'clock service last week and I was so encouraged by Pastor Rob Rufus. If you haven't downloaded the podcast from last week, let me encourage you to do so. I mean, in all honesty, I was sitting there going, they're going to listen to me next week after listening to him. Like, wow. Um, but I was so encouraged. He, he stood here and talked to you. And if you're in the 10 o'clock service, he talked to you about what God wants to do in this church, that he wants to take it from a, to a place of prominence and influence, that God was raising you up. There was people that, that know of you, but there's a lot of people who are going to know of you more. And there, there's something happening in here that, that is God-breathed, God-ordained. There's, a, there's a, a birthright that's been spoken over you that God wants to take you to a place of prominence. And it's so witnessed with me when I was there as I experienced the worship and, and, you know, and know Tony and Kath and know the journey you've been through. But it's interesting when you sit and listen to a word like that, quite often you separate yourself from the organisation and go, well, that's awesome for the church. That's fantastic. They've got this word. But the church is not the organisation. The church is you. The church is each one of us. So when a word like that is given, you, you don't separate yourself and go, well, that's great for Tony and Kath. That's great. Oh, yes, Lord, let them have that. That's great for the leadership. No, that word's actually for you. That God wants to take you to a place of prominence. He wants to take you to a place of influence. He wants to give you um, a, a stage to stand on because God is smiling upon you. And we can't separate ourselves off, but so often we do. We go, oh, that's awesome. Oh, that was a great word. No, this is the word for you. And this morning, I want to build on that to encourage you for, for when we go through seasons of being sideswiped and things that happen that we're not expecting, they are opportunities for God to come in and set things up for that stage to be built that will happen personally and also corporately. So the scripture I want to stay in this, or this whole chapter I'm in, in this whole three services is 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to try to be quick because there's quite a few verses. And then we'll just go over. I'm going to quickly recap the three points I did in the 8 o'clock, and then I'm going to give you another three. Is that all right? Great. So 2 Chronicles chapter 20, it's a story of Jehoshaphat. 
After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, with some of the Mennonites, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazan Tamar, which is the En Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hands and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before the temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast enemy that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones. I don't know who the little ones were because the children's little ones, isn't it? I don't mind where the dogs or the cats, I don't know. With their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph as he stood in the assembly. He said, listen, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, listen, Victory Church. And all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, all who live in the north of the city, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will, cli they will be climbing up by the... Pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeriel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. You know the rest of the story. They sent the musicians and singers out in front, and they praised. And when they turned up, what happened? The enemy had turned in on each other. They turned up to see them. They found them all dead. They didn't have to do anything. When we're prepared to turn our side swipes into setups, we release God to do something that we have no idea. We don't understand it. We just see the results of what He does. And here's an opportunity. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but as I was praying this week, I told Pastor Tony last Sunday I was going to preach on three different things until he called me yesterday and I said, I'm sorry, Tony, I just can't. 
I can't get out of this chapter. And I believe it's for people. Some of you have been sideswiped. There's inheritance for you to grab. But right now, there's an opportunity for you to set this up for God to do something far greater than you can imagine or think. So here's a quick, a quick <laughs> three points from the 8.30 service. The background was King Jehoshaphat teamed up. He was the king of Judah. He teamed up with Ahab. This is chapter 18, right? He teamed up with Ahab to go to fight against the Arameans. And he just come out of it with, you know, just breathing because King Ahab got told he was going to die during this battle. And so Ahab thought he'd outsmart God and he dressed up Jehoshaphat in Ahab's, you know, gear as the king. And so the chariots of the Arameans were after Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat freaks out, says, God help me. They realised it wasn't Jehoshaphat. So they didn't chase him down anymore. And this random archer, right, this random soldier decides just to shoot an arrow randomly into the Israelites somewhere. And that arrow just happened to find Ahab and kill him. Just happened. Things just don't happen. But that random arrow killed him and Jehoshaphat just got out of that alive and he had just come off the end of this battle and all of a sudden he finds himself with three armies coming at him. So these are the three points that I, I did in the 8.30. One, don't take things personal. You notice at the beginning of the, of the chapter, it says, the vast armies are against you, Jehoshaphat. They weren't against Jehoshaphat. They were against the whole lot of Judah. They were come to take the territory of Judah. But they were talking about it's against you, Jehoshaphat. You know, the enemy wants to separate you. When you go through stuff, you just, he wants him to think it's just you and nobody else. He wants to make it personal. The battle is not personal. The battle's God's. We've got to personally fight, but we don't take it personal. It's not something that we hold on to and think, oh, woe is me. No, this is God's battle. We've got to personally do what we can, but we've got to let God do the fighting for us. It's not personal. The second point I talked about was beware of the some people voices. Some people, the some people voices. It's the they of life. You know, they, they are all saying, you know, them. Who are them? Those no-name people. In verse 2, it says, And some people came to Jehoshaphat and told him the vast armies were coming against you. You know, there's some people who love to come and tell you things. There's some people who have no faith, no understanding. They don't hear from God. They just like telling you the obvious. They like to bring you things that you know about and they don't bring any faith to lift you. They're the some people. We've all got those some people in our life. But you know, those some people, they don't get named in Scripture. They don't have names. Why? Because they've got no faith attached to them. Those people don't have names. They're just, the, they're the crowd. They're the, the ones that are just the, the meagre followers. But we listen to the some people voices often as compared to go down into later in that chapter in, in, sorry, in verse 14, I think it is. There's a man named Jehaziel. So he's got a name, Jehaziel. And he delivered the now word of God. He, delivered, he got named in Scripture. Why? Because he delivered. He came with faith. He came with a, a strategy. He came with a word. He came with something that was from God to lift the king for him to see that there was something greater here. We need to surround ourselves with the Jehaziels. We need to surround ourselves with people that see and will bring faith and bring life and bring the Word of God to us instead of the some people who like to speak at us all the time. Jehaziel. Guess what his name means? Get this. It means beheld of God. 
His name meant beheld of God. Like the Bible talks about that the eyes of the Lord search the earth, looking for those that will worship in spirit and truth. Interesting worship. We're going to talk about that tonight. Who will worship it. But Jehaziel had the view of God, his namesake. God beheld him. God saw him. God's gaze was on him. See, when you've got the gaze of God on you, when you're positioned to actually bring life, you're going to bring truth and you're going to bring hope and you're going to bring breakthrough. Jehaziel. There's so much in that. Go and check out the story of David and Goliath. And look at the difference between what the, what the army of Israel focused on and what David focused on. The army of Israel could tell you everything about Goliath. How much he weighed, how much his shield was. They, it just goes through, they knew how tall he was. Their whole focus was on the giant. The whole focus of Israel, the army of Israel, was about this big giant Goliath. David turns up and says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dares to march against or stand against or defy the armies of God? See, he had a view of what God could do. Sometimes we know more about our giants than we know about our God. Sometimes we study our giants more than we study what God could do. Here's the third point I talked about is turn your fear into fervour. See, it says here in verse 3, alarmed Joshua resolved to inquire of the Lord. The New Living Translation said Jehoshaphat was terrified. He was freaking out. He had a freaking out moment. Right, you get swipe, side swipe, things happen, a doctor's report, whatever happens, you, know, you can have a freaking out moment. But he turned his fear into fervour. He didn't let the fear hold him because if you let fear take a hold of you, what happens is you get isolated and that's what the enemy wants to do. He prowls around like a roaring lion trying to isolate you. He turned his fear into fervour. Jehoshaphat had a Jehoshaphat had a spiritual response instead of an emotional one. The emotional one says, what about me? How come the, oh, I knew this was going to happen? My whole family's been unemployed. Three generations, I'm going to be unemployed. My kids are going to be unemployed. That's not the word of Jehaziel. That's not a person who speaks in faith. Anyway, that's a short bit of what happened at the 8.30. Now we're here at the 10 o'clock. Point number four, magnify to nullify. Magnify to nullify. Verse five, then Jehoshaphat stood up, right? He was terrified, but then he made a decision to stand up. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new court and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hands and no one can withstand you. I mean, he started to talk about who his God was, just like David did when he turned up on the battlefield. Started to talk about who his God was. Hey, you rescued me from the bear. I slew the bear. I slew the lion. I'll take this giant down too. Why? Because the Spirit of God was on him. He stood up. He decided to magnify the Lord. Have you ever been to a doctor's surgery? Most of us have. And if it's a good doctor's surgery, one that wants to bring hope to you, they'll have all their certificates on the wall. Because when you walk in, not knowing what's happening with you, you like to read the certificates, don't you? You know, uh, yes, he passed his exams. Great. 
You know, he's got this, he's a surgeon. Good, Lord, yeah, he's certified by this. There was someone who authorised him or authorised her to facilitate and do the work and help you with your ailment to get you better. So you walk in and you see the certificates on the wall. What do you feel? All of a sudden, you feel the ailment disappearing anyway. Oh, I feel I'm in good hands. I don't have to fret anymore because someone who knows more than me can treat me. See, when you magnify God, it's like walking into God's waiting room. You get sideswiped. You freak out, but you make a decision. I'm going to walk into his waiting room. And all of a sudden, you start to look around and see the certificates on his wall. You start to see the authorisation that's been put on him. You start to see the names on the wall. You start to see the name. He's the risen Christ. He's the Son of the Most High God. He's the great healer. He's the mighty conqueror. He's the defeater of sin and death. He's the saviour of the world, the El Shaddai, the word of life, the bread of life, the Jehovah, the King, the great I am. Can I go on? Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus Christ, our righteousness, the Lamb of God, the Lamb that was slain, the great shepherd, the light, He is love, the hope of the world, the rock of salvation. You can go on and gone. The Alpha, the Omega, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, Jesus, the risen Christ. You see, when you start to magnify God, you start to nullify the threat. You start to nullify the threat. Things become in perspective from a godly view. And that's exactly what Jehoshaphat did. He magnified God to nullify the threat. If you're like me, the first thing you do is freak out. Ah, why me? What have I done to deserve this? This isn't fair. And all the flesh rises up and blah, 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 go in the flesh. Right? You been there? Right. Psalm 34, verse 3. This is David. Come on, magnify the Lord with me. Let us, see, not let you, let us together, let us exalt his name. See, magnifying is like looking through the lens of a microscope, which opens up a whole new world. The microscope takes the exploration to a whole new level. You see furry little things on the insect's leg that you don't see normally. You see eyes that are just like, wow, look at that. The teeth become like, Great white's teeth. You know, this little insect when you look through a microscope. But see, when you look through a microscope and you magnify, it becomes focused on the one thing. All the other stuff disappears. See, when you start to magnify Jesus, when you start to lift up his name, when you start to declare the greatness of God and you magnify him, you start to see things about Jesus you haven't seen before. Right, All the other stuff that's on the peripheral just disappears. That stuff that's trying to sideswipe you, it becomes nullified. Why? Because my focus is on Christ. You see, things that, that, is, that is so beautiful and so enriching, what happens in that microscope is it becomes so focused, it's about the one thing. This one thing. I noticed it on your screen. This one thing I do. This one thing I do to lift up his name. Number five. You've got to look back to move forward. You've got to look back to move forward. Verse 7, Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham? He was looking back. Didn't you do this? God, did not you do this in my past? See, our, in God, our hope 
for the future is heightened by our view of the past. Our hope to move forward, our hope to move beyond the things that happen that come and sideswipe us. If we look to the look to the past to where God has actually showed His hand, it brings faith into our life. It's a bit of an enigma, really. But listen to Psalm 100. I will enter His gates with thanksgiving. I'm going to go forward with looking back. Because thanksgiving is thanking God for all that He has done. Thanksgiving, by the way, isn't just this one-way relationship. Thanksgiving is three-way. What it really means is I will tell others of what you've done for me. So I will enter by telling others of what you've done for me in my past, of the great acts. Thanksgiving is the, the Willy Wonka's magic ticket. It's the golden ticket to come into the presence of God. I will enter His gates. You see, when you start to magnify God and all that He's done, there's faith rises. You recount the victories of your past, bring them to your present to propel them to your future. I'll say it again. You recount the victories of your past, you bring them to your present and they propel you to your future. You look back to move forward. I love this and I, I find it happening in all of my sermons. We're going to say it for, for the want of saying it. You've got to read the joy. You might go, what the heck is that? You've got to read the joy. Read the joy. Rejoice. Go over the joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Read the joy. Go over the joy. Go back. Where did God show Himself in the past and bring it to now? Go over it. Rejoice. Isaac Watts wrote the song, Joy to the World. The Lord has come. It wasn't a carol. It was truth. Joy to the World. By the way, Isaac, Isaac Watts, by the age of 21, wrote 705 hymns. Just thought you'd like to know that. Sort of makes us pale into insignificance, doesn't it? <laughs> Philippians 4.8, fix your thoughts on what is true, honourable and right. Nehemiah 8.10 says, don't be dejected or sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Whose joy? The joy of the Lord. His joy becomes our strength. Joy is a fruit, by the way. It's grown. And it's usually grown on the tree of pain. You didn't like that bit, did you? Joy's a fruit. And it's usually grown on the tree of pain. It's usually grown in the mud, the rubbish stuff. I used to give my wife, I used to, it's because my mother used to grow them, roses. I used to snip, she used to have these long stem roses, I used to snip them off and bring them to her while I was courting her. She says to me, why don't you bring me roses anymore? I said, well, it's done. Like, <laughs> I just lost half the crowd. Anyway. Um, but those roses were outside of my, and they're beautiful, smelling beautiful, long stem red roses, but they used to stink half the year because my mother kept putting manure on them. She put chicken feed and all sorts of stuff, and my bedroom would smell of poo, not roses. Right? The fruit to be grown has got to be grown sometimes in stuff we don't like but that stuff brings life sideswiped or set up happiness happens but joy abides James 1-2 dear brothers and sisters when trouble comes your way consider it an opportunity for great joy great joy 
Mrs. Einstein was asked, Mrs. Einstein, do you understand the theory of relativity? She said, no. I don't understand the theory of relativity, but I understand Professor Einstein and that's all I need. <laughs> See, we don't understand it all, but if we know our God, it's all we need. Yeah. Sideswiped or set up. Number six, musicians come. Got to stand in his presence. Sorry, I'm over time. Am I over time? Oh, 10 minutes. I thought it was, sorry. I've got time. Musicians still come. Number six, stand in his presence. Verse nine says this. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honoured. We can cry out to you to save us and you'll hear us and rescue us. You know, just because the pending circumstance in your life looks like there's no answer, it doesn't mean the presence of God is not there. In every circumstance, every situation, the presence of God is there for you to access. God doesn't run away because you get sideswiped. God's heartbeat hasn't gone to 90 to 180 because you go through something. He understands, he knows, and his presence is there for you to access. Whether it be calamity such as war, plague or famine, this is what Jehoshaphat said, we can come to stand in your presence. Doesn't matter what you're going through. You see, when you have an emotional response, you run away, you hide, you separate yourself. You think God's not in this. God, how could this happen to me? You're supposed to be my God. You're supposed to look after me. And we put this guilt trip on God. And we separate ourselves. But if we've got a spiritual response, if we understand who God is, those things can come against us and we actually make a decision to stand. Come into His presence. And He fills us, gives us hope, strengthens us. See, he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. Exodus 33, 14 says, In his presence there is rest. Some of you, you've been sideswiped and you're, you're, you're working hard. You're working hard. You're trying to deal with it in your head. I know that feeling. Trying to work it all out. Trying to make things happen. If I do this or I do that. Hey, let me tell you, some of you, know more about what's happening to you. Some of you get onto Google and go to Dr. Google and check out every ailment that you've possibly got. In fact, some of you make up ailments you've got because Dr. Google says you have them. And you go to the doctor and you tell the doctor more about what's happening to you than he knows. In fact, you set yourself up to know more than he does. Because we don't come into this presence and just rest in his presence. And understand it's not our fight. It's not our fight. It's His. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 